welcome to Build Your Tribe. Today, we are talking about how it is you need to respond to what's going on in the world. No, I'm not talking about COVID-19. And no, we're not talking about murder hornets. We are talking today specifically about race and inequality. These are things that are difficult to talk about. They're difficult to talk about because in doing so, you have to talk about people's pain. Because in doing so, you might have to examine your own part. Let's start with the term white fragility, which I hate that term so much. And I hate that term because I don't want to think about it in terms of me. Obviously, I'm white, but I don't want to think of myself as fragile. So what is white fragility? What is that term? I've had to look at it this week because I don't like the term. So I needed to understand what it meant. What does that term stand for? Well, the term is used to describe the paper-thin skin of some white people when the subject of racism is brought up. That subject can bring up fear, defensiveness, guilt, silence, narcissism, and sometimes it just makes us want to withdraw. Like we just want to run away because we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be associated with it. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about what we might have said, what we might have done, what we might not have done. What is white fragility? White fragility is the vast number, in my opinion, of subscribers who I've lost on my email list or followers I've lost on my Instagram this week or Facebook because this is what I'm talking about. But like, how can you not talk about it? In the same way that for weeks, how could you not talk about COVID-19 because that's what was affecting every single one of us. How could you not talk about this? So a couple of things I want you to know. Number one, I hope that you will check out my newsletter from this week. It is all just 1000% realness. It is what's happened in my life in the last two weeks, going on two weeks. I think it's like 10 days right now at the time that I'm recording this. True conversations with myself and black friends very uncomfortable, three hours of sobbing, recognition of what I've missed. <sighs> it's been heavy. And I've got this guilt to even say it's been heavy because like, hello, it's been heavy on me for the last 10 days. What about the last, you know, 40 years if you're one of my best friends? What about the last 400 years if you're looking at inequality of people? Okay, so let's get back to fragility. Here's the thing with fragility. I don't care whether I offend you. I'm just going to speak honestly. I'm not going to carefully choose my words. I know a lot of people are doing that right now. I'm not going to do that because I'll get busted later. If you're not honest, here's what you all need to know. If you're not honest about what you feel and what you think, it's going to come out later. Period. End of subject. And I don't like the term white fragility. I hate it because it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Why? Because I personally believe no one feels good finding out that they've hurt someone else. Unless you are a sociopath, thinking that you've hurt someone is painful. You don't want to feel that. You would rather run from it. And I don't think that's white fragility. That's just fragility. Fragility is fear. It's denial. It's wanting to avoid pain. And most of us, that's just human nature. We want to avoid pain. So one of the things I'm really sick of this week is 
all of the labels and you've used that label wrong, you've used this label wrong, and it doesn't matter what side of the fence or what color your skin is, all of us are annoyed by the misuse of labels, the way that labels make us feel. But here's what I love. I love courage. And what is courage? Courage is the opposite of fragility. Courage is finding the power, the strength within you to be very afraid, to feel the fear, but to do what you know is right anyways. Not because somebody said this is the right way to do it or the right way to say it, but just to know like it's who you are. It's in your soul. You don't have to keep the story straight. Like It's who you are. And for me, that's what I have been doing this week for the last 10 days in social media. And have I done it well? Sometimes, but more often than not, I'm just doing it really messy. The message you've heard routinely over and over again on Build Your Tribe is that if you want to go forward, you have to be willing to make it messy and then fix it. But if you are waiting to perfect it, it ain't never going to happen. And this is a moment when you can't allow that to happen. Listen, I mean, I know I don't have to repeat it over and over again, but I'm white. And so every person who I'm here, not every person, but a lot of the people that I'm hearing from who are super afraid and are like crazy right now, paralyzed by perfectionism are the white folks. Like my white friends are so afraid to get it wrong. And that comes from a very good place. You are so afraid to make it worse. I am too. I don't want to make it worse. And here's what I know will make it worse. Trying to craft a perfect message, trying to get it so perfect that it's not going to offend anyone. And therefore, I wait days and days and days trying to make it perfect, thinking that I'm doing the right thing because I don't want to get it wrong and I don't want to make matters worse, but I'm making matters worse. Because when you don't say anything, it's like knowing your best friend lost their spouse, and you running into them and not saying, I'm so sorry. Like, imagine what that would feel like. Imagine if you lost the most important person in your life, and then you ran into a a dear friend, and they looked at you, made eye contact, and then walked away. How would that make you feel? And maybe your intentions were to get it right. You didn't want to say anything to make them more sad. Or you didn't want to speak out of turn. You didn't want to say the wrong thing. So you decided not to say anything. Well, that person will never forget it. How do I know that? Because for myself personally, I waited probably two days too long with one of the most important people in my life to say what I needed to say. And it wasn't because I was trying to get the message right. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't because of that. Because I'm okay with getting the message wrong. It's because the death of George Floyd, if I'm being completely honest, which is the only way I know to be, the death of George Floyd didn't hit me. It didn't have the same impact on my life that it has had on my black friends' lives. And that's the truth. And the truth is, that is in large part because I believed we were the same. That felt like a noble idea. I don't see color. 
I taught my children that thinking that was a noble concept. That's how you teach your children not to become racist. You teach them that you see love, you see people, you don't see color. And while that is noble in concept, in practicality, what it means for me personally, and that's the only person I can speak for, is that I've missed seeing people who matter to me, their experience. It means that I've made it uncomfortable for them to tell me what has really been going on. So you're going to hear from today three people who stepped up and I asked them, I can tell people and I'm going to tell people what I think you should post and how brands should respond. But what do I know? All I can do is share with you what I'm doing. I can't tell my audience what feels right and what's going to feel appropriate to the black community, to people of color, to black indigenous people of color. I can't tell you that because I am not that. I'm so white, my skin is translucent. I can see my veins, my skin is purple. That's how white I am. I don't know what it's like to have dark colored skin. I don't know what it's like to have to tell my kids how to dress if they're going to go for a jog outside. Like I, I don't know that experience. And partly, I don't know that because I've never asked. And I'm not making excuses, but I am sharing with you Because if we're talking about having empathy for one another, I've never asked because I was taught to never ask. I was taught that to ask is to say then that you see a difference between us and that if you see a difference between us, that's racism. But in the last two weeks, 10 days, (laughs) here I am at 51 years old realizing, learning from people who are kind and loving in my comments and in my DMs and in my real life, loving enough to say, yeah, (laughs) actually, I need you to know that things are very different between us. I need you to know that our hearts are the same, but the world treats us very differently. And by being colorblind, you've missed the fact that my life, my reality is very, very different. And yours is much more comfortable, not because you haven't worked for it, Shalene. Like, sure, there are some things like I get to enjoy, like lots of comforts over here because I've worked hard for it and I'm not making any excuses for that at all. I'm not apologizing for that. But there's also a comfort that just comes with being white. There comes a comfort with with being attractive. There comes a comfort with being the right size, like all of these things, but especially it is true based on the color of your skin. And when a very dear friend of mine in a face-to-face conversation on FaceTime explained to me that to be colorblind might have seemed like the, you know, which is what something I was taught by my parents, like, you know, you don't see color. That that might be noble in concept, but we have learned it's created uh, kind of like blinders where I don't have to see what I don't want to see. I don't have to see it. I don't have to see it, and therefore I haven't seen it, and therefore I haven't known, and therefore I've missed the fact that people who matter very much to me, 
have suffered a lot. And it's hard to think about. <laughs> it's hard to think about. And this is a really difficult subject. Ugh. And pull it together. And I'm not going to apologize for it being difficult because I've seen a lot of people do that too. Like they say, it's difficult. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't say that it's difficult because I know my ancestors haven't suffered what your ancestors have. But, you know, like we've never justified comparing pain. And this is difficult. Yeah, I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to be honest with you and say this has been difficult because I know my heart and I know my soul and I know who I love and I know my intentions. And it is difficult to be lumped in with racist. It is difficult to know that I too have made a lot of mistakes unknowingly that I never asked any of my black friends. What is it like to show up and be the only white person? That's my own thing. It's really hard. It's not as hard as what other people have had to experience, but we don't compare that, remember? <sighs> We're not supposed to. It's okay to say something's hard, even if someone else has something that's harder that they're going through. So today I want to share with you three really courageous people. And I want to tell you that they're courageous because of this, because I know how hard it was for them to record these messages. So I'm asking you to set aside your judgment. I'm asking you to open up your ears, open up your heart, and to know that the coolest thing you could ever do in your whole freaking life is to grow. There's nothing cool. There's nothing fun. There's nothing to admire about someone who stays the same. There's nothing noble in that. God wants you to grow. You will love yourself more when you grow. And the only way we grow is if we put down our defenses and we listen with empathy and we imagine what it must be like to be in someone else's shoes. And the first thing I want you to know is imagine how hard it is for people right now in the midst of their pain to explain it to someone else. First, you have to remember that. Just imagine that this week, if you're not a person of color, if you have white skin or light skin, imagine that you've just experienced the most devastating week of your life. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know if that means someone's died. I don't know. But just imagine that it's been a really traumatic, devastating week and you've spent so much time crying and you've had a week like that where you can't even return an email. You can't return a phone call. You don't want to think about it. You cancel everything. You're like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I'm exhausted. Imagine that week. Now, imagine the thing that you're the saddest about. Imagine that the people who made you the saddest come knocking on the door and they're like, hey, can you explain to us why you're sad? What's going on here? Right? When you should have every right to just curl up in a ball and take care of yourself. So the three people who you will hear from next, I'd love for you to reach out to them and just say thank you. They don't need your follows. They don't need your business. That's nice too. But more importantly, the greatest thing that you could do is to let them know that you opened up their eyes, that you heard them, because that's why they step forward to do this, number one, in the midst of their deep pain. And number two, they have stepped up to do this for you, despite the fact that I'm white. 
And that might sound like racism to you, but hang on before you turn the channel. Think about this. In their community right now, there's a very important movement of solidarity, like the solidarity of black people to say, it's not our responsibility to teach people right from wrong when we've been wronged. It's not our responsibility. Yet, here we are with some very courageous individuals who are like, if my solidarity is to my community, then who better does the white community or the non-black community, people who are not of color, is that a thing? I don't know. I think I just made that label up. Who better to hear from than someone who has experienced it? And I appreciate that courage. I appreciate that courageous decision because I too have heard from people in my DMs who are like, yeah, I don't know if that's right, Shaleen, for you to be featuring black voices this week. Why don't, instead of you putting them on your podcast, instead of you putting them on your Instagram, why don't you share their content? And that gave me pause, mainly gave me pause because the kind way in which it was constructed. Kindness and love goes so much further than an attack. Like if someone were to say like, you're da 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 and how dare you, it's blah, blah, blah. And a few people did that. But the ones who did reach out to me with kind, constructive feedback gave me pause. And I'm like, yeah, gosh, I mean, is that the right thing to do? And I just asked myself, okay, what's the goal? The goal is to educate, open up the eyes of people who are like me, people who might have been raised like me. Now, I'm not talking about racist. I'm not trying to change the mind of any like out and out racist, someone who's got like the Confederate flag and, you know, just does not want to see black people advance or people of color or they are bigots and against the LGBTQ community. I'm sure there's a few more initials we've added at the end there, but I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about good people like you who just didn't know. Good people who who do love everyone and we just weren't aware of what we needed to be aware of. I want to help those of you who are struggling to do what's right and your silence is making matters worse and you're over perfecting of your next perfect post and when do I go back to promoting, etc. Like you're so overthinking it and over strategizing it that you've lost touch with your true authenticity. That's who I hope to help today. Check out what I've been doing in social. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just doing me. Check out my other podcasts. Please, please, please listen to the last two podcasts I've done on The Shaleen Show. You will hear honest conversations between myself, Kenya, who you'll hear today, as well as Ann Stevenson. They're just different conversations. If you're going to listen to one, please listen to both. But most importantly, thank you for being courageous enough to listen. Like that, you need to be commended for because a whole bunch of people shut this podcast off. In fact, they didn't even download it when they looked at the title. And that is fragility. I'm not going to give it a race name. That's just being afraid, right? You're not. You're courageous. And I'm really proud of the change that I know we can make together. All right. The first person you'll be hearing from is Jamal Miller. And then you'll be hearing from April Franks. And lastly, Kenya Kelly. 
Kini Kelly was also featured on The Shalene Show, also happens to be a Marketing Impact Academy superstar. All of their Instagram contact information will be found in our show notes. And if it touched you, if it had a profound impact on you to reach out to these individuals, because what they did was very courageous. Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Jamal Miller. And I am the CEO of Miller Media Group, best-selling author and co-founder of Married and Young. I wanted to simply help you guys out in regards to being brand and business owners of what to do and what not to do during this time. Just to start, I have two things that I would tell you not to do. Don't try to be politically correct. No one's expecting you to have the perfect answer or the solution to what we are experiencing right now in our world. I would tell you, be real be honest, be transparent, be human, be empathetic, and be real about what you are facing and what you are experiencing and simply stating the reality that what you are seeing is not okay. And just however you need to show up and say that, just do it. Number two, I would tell you, don't be ashamed. It's so easy to allow what you don't know or what you haven't done in the past to stop you from showing up today. Don't allow the shame from the past, the embarrassment, the guilt, and the pressure of what you haven't done to stop you from simply showing up today and being a voice. Many of you may say, well, my audience knows my heart. Well, they may know your heart, but they don't know your voice on this subject or on this matter. So simply show up, don't be ashamed. I mean, I would encourage you for the do's, definitely you need to let your audience speak. Don't make this all about you. Don't put the microphone just simply in your lap, but put it in your audience lap and turn it towards them and allow them to share what they're going through and get in the comments and engage with them and let them voice their concerns, their hurts, and really begin to be a part of the solution by allowing your audience to feel safe, to be transparent and honest about their own experiences. And my last one is to do something. I would encourage you during this time that this is the moment and the opportunity for you to showcase simply how you're getting involved. I know right now it's very challenging and it feels abnormal to be pressured during this time to show up, but I would say definitely do something and not only do something, but as well, get involved. And whether that be providing supplies to those that are on the front lines that are fighting every day and taking a stand for this injustice, whether that be bailing out people that are being arrested due to taking a stand. I know that this may be uncomfortable, but I would tell you that you getting uncomfortable and you challenging yourself to get involved and you sharing and posting and letting others know how you're getting involved will inspire your audience beyond what you can even imagine. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for leadership and they're looking for it from you as one of the brands or business owners that they follow. So I would encourage you to do something. And I hope that these tips encourages you today on how to show up during this time for your brothers and sisters that are facing such a crazy injustice during this time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Shalene, allowing me the opportunity to share on your platform about a topic that is very sensitive and fragile right now. 
Let me just share with you all. I love being a businesswoman. I love being black. And the greatest thing about being a leader is we all have an immense opportunity to use our voices to support others and them doing amazing things, right? But one of the things I want us to realize and keep in mind is that with this position comes kind of an unofficial oath, right? A promise to our tribes. The same tribes who watch your live stream videos, the same tribes who are subscribed to your email list and receive your text and messenger notifications, the same tribes who are enrolled in your programs and attend your live and virtual events, the same tribes who are following your Insta stories and they see what's happening with your pets or your kids or your spouse or your vacations. See, we've taken an oath to support and to serve them through commerce. And with that, I believe, comes greater exposed responsibility. Now, I'm not saying it's fair, but still, we have greater exposed responsibility, which means people can see and they will judge based on what they see, your level of being responsible to your tribe or not. And even sometimes we have to put our personal feelings aside. Sometimes we have to put our personal thoughts aside. And I have to be honest with you, my heart is hurting. I have cried every single day since this started again. My soul is exhausted. I need you to know that black people are hurting. I need you to know that the people that are following you, that respect you, that are black are hurting. I need you to know that the white people and the non-black people that are connected and following you who support Blacks, are hurting. I need you to know that there are men and women in your communities, in your tribes, who are married to Black people. They are hurting. I need you to know that there are families in your tribe with Black children, and they are hurting. And while you may or may not understand it, it doesn't negate the fact that they are are hurting. And anyone pretending in this time, any leader pretending that just because you may not be personally impacted or you don't understand, that's just not going to be good enough. We have a capacity and people are demanding more from us. So I want to share with you a few things that you can do for your tribe in times like this and to return the love and support to your tribe that they've given you. But first, hear me. Before I get to what you can do, there's a couple things you can never do. One, you can never watch a black man being killed on video, whispering he can't breathe, hearing him beg for his dead mama, seeing a white officer with his knee in his neck and witness life leave his body then pretend it's only about that one incident because it's not. Here's what you can never do. Now you have the right to remain silent, but don't. There is no complicity in true leadership. And let's be honest, and I need you to feel this in your gut. Just close your eyes for a second. No one wants to spend money with any brand or business that is willing to value a dollar over the value of their life. 
No one wants their existence questioned. And that's what Black people are feeling right now. Like our money is good enough, but I'm not good enough. Nobody wants to wake up with that. No one wants to tune into a brand every single day, multiple times and feel that, think that, have any sort of inclination of that. So we have to be very careful with humans that are following us, whether we understand or not. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things you can do. I think every single one of us remembers being in corporate and having a communication plan. And so I'm recommending that leaders have some sort of plan to communicate because what the problem has been over these past several days, as this has been going on since the 25th of May, is that people are silent. And silence equals complicity. And so it's so important to have a communication plan. What will we say? Understanding that you must say something. Now, I know there's going to be people that are going to disagree with me. However, let's just utilize what's really happening. If you turn on the news for five whole minutes, we can't ignore these facts. There's a couple of things I want to share with you. Number one, you want to address all social issues when they arise, when they are this ginormous. You want to have a public statement about these issues, and it could be so super short. Companies like Netflix, ConvertKit, had very succinct statements about the movement, about what's happening. They're showing that they are acknowledging that there is something going on that is causing pain and hurt around them. The next thing is an email statement to your audience, from the leader, the person they're following, acknowledging, maybe sharing some resources or tips or things that they can do, sending your well wishes. Now, this should be from an authentic place. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but I have to say, we have to be prepared. We can't have Armageddon happening outside and not acknowledge Armageddon, right? Because to dismiss it, It feels dismissive to black people. And I can't even tell you the amount of tears I have cried since this man was murdered. I can't bring myself to even look at this video. People want us to get over things and you just can't because this is who I am. This is a part of my life. These are my family members, my children, my cousins, my friends. And it's so important. It's so important for you to speak up. Hey, Shaleen, this is Kia Kelly of KiaKelly.com. What I feel like brands should not be doing is they should not be silent. I know that it can seem like this is a controversial topic because it is. I know that it seems like, well, I don't want to alienate one audience by encouraging another But the truth is, is that if they don't say anything, then they are alienating an audience that the truth is, is that there are people in the black community that have been hurting for a very long time. And we have invested time, energy and money with these brands. You know, we've spent a countless amounts of dollars with these companies. And if they say nothing, then their silence is actually saying something. And so for me personally, if I see that someone like a Netflix, if they are not saying anything, 
in my mind, it's like, well, you don't support us. You don't care about us. So I'm going to cancel my subscription. And if I see that Amazon Prime or Hulu are taking a stance, then I will find myself over at Hulu. Even though I may like Netflix more than Hulu, I will cancel them and put my dollars where they are standing with us. Now, Netflix is taking a stand. I'm just giving an example. And so if a company coach business event, whatever, isn't taking the stance of, hey, we are for you, we are with you, then you're basically telling us that we are against you. And so I know that it feels uncomfortable to stand in a time like this when some people are going, but they're rioting and they're looting and this, this, and this. But the truth is every person that's protesting, every African-American person is not doing the latter, right? That's just what we're seeing on TV. There's many of us that are just crying and praying and begging for someone to listen to us. You know, I know for me personally, I've been crying and praying for it for so long. And I've been just overwhelmed watching all these non people of color take a stand for us to stand up and say, I am with you. And I am just overwhelmed because I never thought that I would ever see these companies take these stances. I never thought that I would see Netflix or people like you that I totally look up to. I never thought that I would see the day when they posted a hashtag Black Lives Matter. I am for you. I never thought that I would see people on TikTok say, I'm not posting any content this week. I'm only promoting black brands. I'm like, what? I don't know if that's ever happened. And it's just been so overwhelming. So when you see other brands out there that aren't doing anything, it's saying, I'm not for you. Even though that person may not feel that way, but your silence is telling us a different story. So brands should not be silent. You should take a stance. You know, you should stand with your African-American community because the truth is we are being murdered. We are being lynched, right? That is happening to us. We did see what happened to George Floyd. We did see it happen on video recorded in front of an audience of people. That is real. And people are outraged. And so it's very important that you take a stand, that you don't remain silent. Okay. And you can deal with the backlash later. You know, I I remember how many of us were posting about the pandemic, about COVID-19, stay in the house, wear a mask. And then it became controversial of, do we wear a mask or not? Do we do this or not? Or we begin to promote our favorite political candidate, right? And we're like, do I say, or do I not? Do I just say vote on November the 5th or whatever? But the truth is in this, this is different. This, you have to take a stance because a race of people are being murdered one after the other, after the other, after the other. Like if you go to Google and just type in hashtag justice for, you're going to see so many hashtags of people that we have been advocating for that have been murdered for decades. Right. And so listen, if you don't take a stand, you are taking a stand. Your silence is telling us you don't care. Your silence is saying you are not for us. So if you're going to operate in this world, in this space, And if you desire to generate income revenue from the black community, you got to take a stand. 